0: Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop
1: culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo.
0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Voices for Change 2.0.
2: Yeah, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, giving us a listen there. Uh, we do appreciate it very much as we're halfway through June this morning. How's that for a kicking? Yeah, that's kick crazy. The, I know. This year is flying by. And we
0: haven't gotten any yard work done. <laughs> I've mowed. <laughs> well.
2: <laughs> but no, yeah, the yard looks like a train wreck (laughs) I'm not gonna lie yeah it's pretty bad yeah well you know I I uh I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and blame the weather this year
0: yeah you know what you're you're not wrong there
2: yeah it's just it's It's been been raining constantly constant rain we still don't have our roof fixed because of the weather which I'm a little concerned about that Um, I've it's been dry enough for me to get out there and mow a couple of times and that's about it Anything above and beyond that, like actually, you know, yanking weeds and whatnot, you know, uh, no, there. they're there. <laughs> they're just every time I walk by them, they're, you know, so.
0: So let's let's talk about our exciting news that we've got coming up this month.
2: Well, before we do that, I want to say one thing because we, you know, our little intro talks about how we talk about, uh, yeah, pop culture and and. Movies and music and yeah. sports and all that. We never actually talk about sports.
0: Yeah, well, no, no, so, we don't talk about sports that much because there isn't a lot to talk about right now.
2: Well, I just really quickly want to give a shout out to the St. Louis Blues for winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, why would you do that? Because it's the first time in franchise history. You know, okay. that's, that's history. Don't
0: being, get it. Don't get us wrong. We're Red Wings fans. We're
2: Red Wings fans through and through, but, you know, we're also hockey fans, and I can appreciate the St. Louis Blues winning the Cup. Um, and uh not to knock any of our friends in Boston, but that means that you didn't get to win a third sporting championship in the course of a year. You know, <laughs> good good on you for the Red Sox and the Patriots. But uh No Patriots boo. But but you know oh you gotta be kind. <laughs> but not uh when it comes to the Patriots. <laughs> yes, dear. I, I know of your just taste for Tom Brady. <laughs>
3: um,
2: but yeah, so uh good good on you for uh St. Louis Blues for for winning the cup and congrats to the Toronto Raptors for winning uh, the NBA championship. Yeah, so.
0: first time ever for for
2: Toronto, them too. You know, yeah,
0: so way to go there.
2: Yeah, way had a to, little
0: bit of a celebration I saw online.
2: Way way to go, eh?
0: Standing on cars and throwing stuff. <laughs> when did <laughs> that become a thing?
2: Uh, I years ago, it happened years ago, babe. Um, you know, <laughs>
0: we we won something. Let's go jump
2: on cars. Let's go trash the city. We won. <laughs> this is this is apparently a thing. I I I don't know, I don't know why, but I mean, it happened here in '84 when the Tigers won. So, you yeah. know,
3: my parents
0: probably shielded me from that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, they know. I know them, we
0: watched the the game but I don't think we watched any of the celebrations afterwards.
2: Yeah. Sorry about all the, the paper shuffling there. We're uh we're an active show is what we are. Yeah. And right now yeah, we have we to just eat. don't have much choice. Yep. Or in yeah. our case, room on the desk. So <laughs> it happened.
0: Yep. So
2: Live radio people.
0: So our exciting news for the end of the month is that we have been invited uh, by a company by the name of Kindred, and they're a relatively new company. And um, they've invited us to a mental health conference uh, where we'll get to meet a whole bunch of other uh, mental health advocates, and, you know, there's going to be speeches and you know different types of uh, things to go to and it's at this resort called the ranch in Laguna Beach yeah. and i've seen the website and it's it's gorgeous it looks really really pretty and there's a whole lot of stuff that we're going to get done and we're going the 24th through the 26th and there's a lot of stuff to get done in those 3 days
2: yeah
0: um but it's our my first time actually staying in california i was there one time as a layover Think to go to Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but.
2: Uh, yeah, so you didn't really get to no, I explore. Didn't. And for me, it's my first time since uh, 2000. So 19 years since I've been out there. Uh, I, I used to have a f- family that lived out there that we would go and see before they moved to Vegas. And, uh, you know, I used to love it. You know, my folks and I would actually take a couple of weeks we would drive across country and hang out there for a week and then drive back and you know that's that's back in the days when you did that kind of thing (laughs) because I'm old now but uh yeah it was it was awesome you know my cousin used to live in North Hollywood and you know we'd go to Universal Studios and we one time we drove down to Disneyland and you know just saw everything I even went to the Guitar Center and. In Hollywood. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was cool. So
0: they have different guitars there.
2: It was big. <laughs> that thing was huge. And the coolest part is they've got this thing called the Hollywood Rock Walk, and it's kind of like the you know the Chinese theater with the hands in the cement and everything, mm-hmm. except it was all rock stars. So I got to put my hands in Eddie Van Halen's hands, and it was really cool. Except his pinky on his left hand stretches way far. <laughs>
0: Probably too much information, honey.
2: Yeah, but otherwise we had the same size hands, which was encouraging for me. (laughs) So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, So I'm excited to to get back out there. You know, I've I've always loved L. A. ever since I was a little kid (laughs) watching Chips. (laughs) Um, And for you, young whippersnappers, it was a, a show in the 70s about a couple of California Highway Patrol officers. So
0: it was on the 80s too.
2: Barely. But it's heyday was the seventies. Yeah. You know. That was that was
0: a good show.
2: That was seventies tastic is what yeah, it was.
0: That was a good show.
2: With Mr. Eric Estrada. And his teeth. And his teeth. <laughs> and what was, was the
0: other guy's name?
2: Um I only remember the character's name, John. I couldn't yeah, tell punch, you. Punch
0: Punch and John. Punch and
2: John, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't begin to tell you what his name in real life was. Yeah, I don't Larry, remember either. I wanna say it was Larry Wilcox, but I'm not positive. Maybe. Maybe. So here's we'll a little that later. Here's an odd little side note. Their boss on the show is Chris Pine's dad.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I can't picture him. But.
2: Yep. I don't remember his name either. But, uh, yeah, he was the guy in, in charge of all the all the uh, California highway troopers. And, and, yeah, that's Chris Pine's dad. So. Hmm. That's interesting. That's, that's something. See? You get nuggets of information on this show. Absolutely. It's not. It's not just you know ridiculousness. Although right now it, it, well, it's ridiculousness. It's
0: a little ridiculous right now. Yeah, we yeah. um, we just, we just our guest is has not called in yet, which is um a little. disconcerting. disconcerting. <laughs> uh Our producer is trying to get a hold of her right now, so that's why we are sort of um, filling in the the negative space. Yes. So if uh, if. You're into TV shows that, you know, it's a series on uh, Hulu that, I I will warn you, there is violence, there is sexual content, a lot of it, um, there's uh, abuse, but...
2: It can be triggering.
0: Yeah, it, it can definitely be a triggering thing, although I have not gotten triggered while watching the show, and I get triggered pretty easily. But it's called *Handmaid's Tale*, and it's about a book that came out. It's based on a book that came out in the 80s, and um, it's about this made-up country called Gilead, where I guess over time, the with the pollution and the birth control and just all these things, women became infertile, um, and so the amount of babies that were being had greatly decreased from you know thousands to like one in a year
2: should should we say spoiler alert
0: no
3: so,
0: um anyway. anyway they uh start they they create this like fleet of women called handmaids that can still give birth to children and they have to give birth for the like rich and wealthy in, in gilead and it's a very very interesting show. Um, I got into it a couple years back when it first came out uh, because I worked at Borders and that the book was out was was popular for some reason when I was there. So it's really good. It's on Hulu. Hulu is like $5.99 a month to get the subscription, and um, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it wasn't really much of a soapbox. Uh, here, here's getting on your soapbox if you're. Concerned about what's going on These days like with You know women's rights and, and all sorts of different things This is a show that you need to watch Because it you know It went from being a what if to being a Holy shnikes this could happen Yeah kind of thing and that's kind of Terrifying and um Yeah I was reluctant to get into The show at first and then when I finally did I'm like wow okay yeah And it's really got my Political fires stoked so, um, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna cut that part of the conversation yeah, short, because short because we've, we've got our guest.
3: Yes, our
0: guest is here.
2: Yay! Um,
0: and I will admit that I don't know her as well as some of our other guests. Uh, she is on uh, Instagram quite a bit. She's on Twitter quite a bit, and she's working. She's been working really hard to get her uh, screenplay out and about and we're excited to talk to her about that because um frankly i've read the description on it and i'm really interested i think it's going to be really really good uh and you know she's just working very hard and we're very glad to get the opportunity to um talk to her today after you know everything she went through to get to this point So let's introduce our guest to the audience, uh, Natalie Rodriguez.
4: Hi, hi everyone. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> good morning, folks. Good.
2: Years. Good morning. Nice to meet you.
4: Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Um, really excited to be on uh, the podcast. I we have a lot of mutual uh, colleagues. I believe that's how I think our names might have been. Um, might have heard of each other before. Um, I have. Um, from the mighty. I met him like through Twitter like about a year or two ago. Oh, did you say Rudy? Yeah. Rudy.
0: Yeah, Rudy Yeah, yeah we know him very
2: well. We love we love us some Rudy. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, he's, no, uh, no. He he's a little bit of all right. He's he's been with us what, six times?
0: I don't even know now.
2: I lost track. I'm pretty sure he's been on the show. It's either four times or six times. I don't want to undercut him. I'm pretty sure it was six.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna have wow. him again in July. So yeah, yeah, we have to yeah. we have
2: to get him a special sports coat for it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get him a jacket. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, no, definitely think it's a good idea. It's like um, what did they call it? like the club? I think FNL yeah. or something does that. Like Club Five, if you've been on the show like five times or more. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, what, that's, we're yeah. To that's, that's
2: what we're gonna have to do. That's what
4: we're gonna do with him. So. <laughs> he's a character. Yeah, but no, we
3: that's love him.
4: A good idea. <laughs> 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 um yeah, no, I definitely um been a fan of your work. I think you might have I think you sent me your Facebook link like a while ago and I think I was just like checking out like um your previous work and definitely like, a little bit of background on um both of you and I just definitely I think it's just amazing what you're both doing. I think it's uh, definitely I've always loved, like, other individuals who speak about mental health or just, like, health in general and kind of that uh, echoing voice with, like, hey, it's okay to talk about this, you know, other people, like, can relate to what you're feeling or what you're going through. Well,
2: thanks. Yeah. You know, that means a lot to us. You know, yeah. Beck's definitely been out there with everything a lot longer than I have. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm more just the hanger-on. But... Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I had to teach him Facebook and Twitter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Especially Twitter. I, I, yeah. uh, I, now I, now I get it, but you yeah. know, it's still there. I, I understand people's confusion.
0: Oh yeah. So do I, you know, I,
4: I was on it for like
0: three years before I absolutely understood what was happening.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I think Twitter was like one of those accounts. I think it came out like ahead of its time. Cause I had an account I think like two years prior, and then I try to make a new one or try to make an account. I realized I already had one set up. Um, <laughs> so I think it's like one of those, everyone just kind of made it and then they forgot they made an account until yeah. I think it became mm-hmm. a little more necessary for work related or friends are starting to join it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's my political outlet. Uh, I don't post <laughs> much political stuff on Facebook anymore because. Yeah, you know, I got tired of alienating people I cared about. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, Twitter, Twitter's perfect for that. You know, and I can, you know, do things like tweet to Mitch McConnell telling him to do his job and stuff. And let's
0: not, let's not. That's
2: fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just use that as an example, honey, because yes, I did that I, this morning. I
0: don't, I don't like politics. Yeah, she doesn't. And I don't like it discussed on our, our show. So yes, dear. Yeah, there's I, there's just an example. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, I totally get Facebook. I have friends um on Facebook who've been uh they said they've been lost by relatives or friends because they post um political topics or just their thoughts, or their views on what their beliefs are and um yeah, and no, I just get like if I say political comments sometimes I'll like like run or scroll through other days. sometimes I'm like I'll slowly scroll back down and go like, well, curious, what's going on <laughs> in the world?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard because You know, I'll see political stuff on Facebook and Mm -hmm. really, really have to bite my tongue sometimes. Sometimes it's not; I don't have to. Sometimes it's okay, and you know, that's cool. They, they feel that way, and I can agree with that. And then other times it's like, you know, or stop watching Fox News or what have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very liberal. If you haven't picked up on that, so (laughs) um, that's just me. But anyway,
4: it's good. This is. Interesting source now. I think it is politics. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of very political. We uh,
2: we we have a whole bunch of questions that we want to ask you, lady. Yeah, we. So we're,
0: as long as you don't have any questions for us first.
4: Um, definitely. Uh, well, how's your first morning going? Um, it's been like I think like eighty, ninety degrees over here, and it's only like eight <laughs> fifteen. Um, where. So
2: Oh, okay, you're in California. Yeah, so yeah. right now our producer's in California, too. Uh, Scott's there um, vacaying, if you will.
0: Oh, sort of a vacation, sort of a working vacation, I would yeah.
2: say. Yeah. yeah, so. And we're going to be there on the 24th.
0: Oh, you are? You're coming out the same.
2: Yeah, we're going to be in, uh, Laguna, in Laguna, Beach. Laguna Beach. Yeah, for, for a couple oh, of days. Okay. We got invited to a comp- uh, conference, and uh, oh. we're very excited.
4: Yeah, no, Laguna Beach is a beautiful city. You'll enjoy it. Um, if you haven't been before. Nope. Yeah, not.
2: no, I've not. I've I've been to North Hollywood. I've been down to Disneyland. I've been a few various places in Northern California, but uh, not Laguna Beach. So excited yeah.
4: for it. Oh, nice. So. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, no. Love to hear your questions. Um, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, I definitely uh, don't want to take up (laughs) Margie time. I think the (laughs) political Facebook, it's it's interesting to talk about sometimes. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. If I ever do a political podcast thing, I would love to talk with you about that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, definitely. I would would enjoy doing that, and probably also have a coronary for (laughs) stuff. But uh, so that being said. Where, the first question we got is, where does your mental health journey begin?
4: Yeah, um, gosh, you know, I've been, without that, not too long ago, I was at a panel last week, it, actually a week ago from today. Um, I think that once it started, I think like 2015, 2016, I was discovering a lot of like mental health um, nonprofit groups or advocates who are becoming, I think a little more like social Influencer base on Instagram. Um, and that was from, like, I think other companies, like a little more corporate, I think like Jet or another uh, one, I think Love is Louder. They started promoting, like, a lot of new um, advocates or new nonprofit groups. So, one of the, the kind of Instagram follow and search uh, got me in contact with a colleague of mine who was running a mental health organization over in Wisconsin. And that one was, um, the, the stigma, uh, at the time. And I think he was looking for bloggers and one of those things we connected. Uh, I think it was like via, I think it was the Instagram direct message. And he asked, Oh, I saw you wrote something about, I've read an article about like kind of wellness and like tips, college students can do to like take care of themselves during family during, you know, that last year of like college. And he asked if I can write something, um, regarding mental health he's like I read it and it sounds like you have some experience with, like anxiety he's like would you be comfortable if he wrote um kind of more of like a personal blog like from the standpoint of like I have anxiety this is what I do to like treat it or this is what I'm trying to like do to um, maintain it and manage it um so I kind of I think that sort of took off I, I he featured me on his blog and I think he gave me like a Facebook shout out so that kind of Got me like more on the writer side. Um, while I was like in between, like working different jobs, I was always like kind of like freelance writing, and it was just kind of amazing how a lot of companies or nonprofit groups were starting to promote around that same time how they're looking for bloggers or writers or people just to like share their story. Um, so I think mean, so that kind of started with me starting to speak about with mental health, um, but like having anxiety and like a uh, slight depression starting myself. Like eight or nine, but I didn't know that until like years later. I think once I got it to counseling and started talking about um, symptoms, I had just because my symptoms with anxiety had varied. I want to say from the time I was eight to even today.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. and that kind of falls in line with you know a lot of the people that we've talked to. You know, they mm-hmm. they either figure out that they're dealing with something through the course of their teens, which I kind of chalk up to, you know, at least partly puberty setting in and mm-hmm. you're concerned with all this new stuff. Or even earlier, like you mentioned, eight, you know, eight or nine years old and not understanding what's going on with it yet. Yeah. You know, um, you're, you're at that age where you're starting to understand more in the world and, you know, your your body is starting to go through all these different changes and, you know if you can go through physical changes why can't your brain go through changes as well you know and and you know maybe you're you're confronted with you know anxieties that you didn't have before and it kind of develops from there you know just different things like that so that you know completely makes sense um yeah, yeah. um and I
4: think, yeah symptoms I never kind of understood too just how symptoms can change um so I think as a yeah, I used to get, like, a lot of, like, um, common colds or fevers or a lot of stomach aches. So mm-hmm. I didn't know through, um, I do um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, today. I think when I started explaining the symptoms more to um, a counselor about, this like, two months ago, like, you know, earlier this year, um, she, I think, simply told me, oh, no, that's, like, that's, that was, like, anxiety as a panic attack. Um, she, like, said that you were getting them frequent. It was just kind of like a... Um, you know, I got sick because a relative was sick at, you know, Thanksgiving or uh, Christmas um, when I think usually like a lot of like flu or colds kind of like go around the holiday time. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of actually that more like intrigued me. I think when I heard that and that kind of made me want to know more like about symptoms. I started talking about symptoms in counseling a little bit. Kind of I think kind of separate like what anxiety or what no, you're just actually like you know you just really do have a cold um this time um so it's amazing just kind of how I think over the past few years I've been learning so much about um the body or just both physically and then like mentally and kind of I mean it's so powerful I mean if your body's not feeling well it's amazing what it could do just to like let you know hey you need to stop and get help or hey you need to sit down and step away and a lot of that I think I learned was through college taking you know a bunch of units and classes and um i work in entertainment industry so um that you know definitely a lot of times you're on the go or sometimes you're working multiple jobs at once, just because a lot of jobs are gigs so they're either short-term positions or sometimes they're part-time um so i definitely i think learned a lot with um trying to like manage um anxiety so it's been um it's a lot more manageable now but i think my early 20s or 15s, it was so, like, just scary time, like, not knowing. Um, honestly, I think that same, like, seeing the light end of the tunnel, I was, like, I don't know how it's going to be possible to function. I used to kind of convince myself can't function um, in a quote-unquote normal setting with high um, anxiety or, you know, that was like, through my life for, like, a good, like, year or two.
2: Yeah, you know, anxiety can be crippling
4: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Um, yeah. are you on medication for, um, anxiety now?
4: I'm not. Um, I visited, revisited that topic a lot of times, um, counseling, um, it's something I'm actually thinking about doing from time to time. I've never tried it, but a lot of it is because I've been to a psychologist, um, which I didn't know that I learned as well, um, when I first started going to counseling, psychologist and a psychiatrist, um, I thought I had originally went to a psychiatrist until I show up my first day and um, the counselor's like, no, I'm a psychologist. Like, uh, you might have got, like, this before. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm under-visit that because I've had a um, close friend mention that to me before about how they take medication. They said it's had a positive impact on them. hmm
2: Yeah, it it helps. You know, I've I've got a fair bit of anxiety myself. um, And for the most part, I I think I've got it pretty well on lockdown. But every so often, um, I've got to take a Xanax to help me kind of chill out if it gets the better of me. And it it helps. I mean, it it actually helps just knowing I've got it if I do need it. Um, And, you know, again, I don't take it. If I take it once a month, that's a lot. Okay, so I don't take it very often, but I, I take it when I need it, you know, or if I'm yeah. going through stuff and I don't realize, you know, Beck will even say to me, hey, you, you maybe you want to take a Xanax and kind of relax mm-hmm. a little bit, you yeah. know. And it's funny that I wanted to mention this really quick because you, you had brought mm-hmm. this up about, you know, like stomach aches and stuff.
4: And I've yeah. actually
2: seen there's an article popping around on, online where, you know, it says, you know, kids won't ever say they've got anxiety, they'll say, well, I have a stomach ache. You know? Yeah,
0: for me, it was always a stomach ache and a headache.
2: Yeah. yeah. All
0: through childhood, wow. and none of us knew that I was just <laughs> freaking out about going
3: to school. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's interesting, because I think, I've been, I haven't been have seen that one Yeah, I definitely have to take a look, because um, I've seen more articles like pop up on Facebook, or even Twitter. Twitter's starting to do a lot of kind of more global or international breaking news versus just, like, kind of more the lifestyle celebrity-based pieces. But yeah. I did see on Twitter and Facebook, like, maybe three weeks ago, how um, I think they're saying, like, 80% of, like, these kids to, like, ages, I think 15 have a panic disorder or have higher anxiety than I think most other um, age groups. And they said it. The U.S. where it's like the highest so I thought that was very I mean it's sad to see but I also think it's I kind of when I was reading them like well I think this has been like ongoing just I think now kind of like you mentioned people are understanding like oh it's, this is like children having panic attacks or they're depressed but it's not really coming up as a symptom that maybe most commonly seen it's more like the stomach aches or maybe possibly like the headaches they're kind of affiliated with oh this is like a child routine um coming towards us or coming to us saying hey like i'm not feeling well but it's not because i'm sick you know i'm feeling anxious or i'm feeling like depressed about something um i think that's i just look more into that because i haven't seen that article yet but i've just seen more of the um i think the problems just going up i think just i kind of more like the youth um Kind of her having like a tired anxiety and uh, I think it's sad to see I think it's bummed out to see because I, I think that's like subconsciously I know like that's not a surprise um, just because I think like you mentioned earlier like your body's going through so many changes and mm-hmm. um, I do think like hormones have planted too it's kind of uh, it's not shocking that like it does create a lot of like um, faster feelings for someone at that age especially I think today I feel like life's sometimes harder than it was like you
2: know five ten years ago oh yeah absolutely yeah. it is
4: yeah definitely yeah. you know
2: um we're actually cruising along in the show here it's almost uh almost half over already uh we're going to take a quick break um yeah. so uh you you sit tight natalie and uh everybody else you're going to be listening to for you from brandon stansell sit tight and we'll see you guys on the other side
1: I'm slipping in the quicks and I can't run. It's gonna be alright, it's gonna be alright. I push and pull with all my might, but it feels like it's not enough. It's gonna be alright, you make me feel alright. In moments and seasons, we're caught in the deep end, yeah. I need a hand to hold me, love me like you know me. you I'm gonna stay a while No longer searching Feels good to figure out It's gonna be alright Come take my hand Let's ride And moments and seasons We're caught You got me finally feeling emotion Lost in the moment, don't know where it's going It's hard, you breathing, you keep my heart beating Love looks like falling every day Till I fell for you Feel our feet rising off the ground We ain't coming down, we're reckless bending. No sign of landing So high up, yeah, we're touching clouds, never coming down, just you and me, darling, my kind of falling. You got me finally feeling emotion, lost in the moment, don't know where it's coming.
2: Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. On the line, we're talking to the wonderful, lovely, and talented Natalie Rodriguez.
0: Hi. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you can tell that my husband watched a lot of Lawrence Welk growing up. What, hey, why has it got to be Lawrence Welk?
2: <laughs> why do you got to go there? Why has why it got to be that? <laughs> I, I, I did watch a lot of Warren, Lawrence Welk growing up. My folks were old. <laughs> okay. What do you want me to tell you? And and apparently wanting to chime in too is our cat Haley.
4: Hi, baby booze. Hi. Aww. Did you hear? I have. I didn't <laughs> hear. Oh, now I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. I um, right before I called my cat. I was trying to look for him. I have a seven-year-old cat. He, I guess he hides like under my shoes now because he just bolts it out. Um as soon as I closed my door <laughs> just so I had more privacy to speak with you both. But yeah, no, um, um yeah, my cat's uh, he's one of those he's not the snugglers. He likes to do laps around the house like every two hours, three hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Having yeah. crazy Yeah, uh, ha- Yeah. Haley Haley is turning eighteen this year. And uh oh. Yeah. And she she's been sick the last couple of months on and off and she's just gotten really, really needy and so she felt the need to crawl into Beck's arms now. So now now Beck's holding her and getting kisses.
0: Yeah, we have we have three cats. The other two are not quite so needy.
2: Yeah. Well the
0: youngest especially is very independent.
2: Yeah, the youngest is very independent. Bubba is my cat and you know, he's either on his own or he's you know, sitting there on top of my chest and <laughs> it, it's yeah, cute. Uh, right. or, or, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, right. it's cute, but he's heavier than I don't know what yeah. an anchor. It's like having an anchor on no, your chest.
4: I think I'm um, Maddie, my cat. He's a boy. Gosh, I think he's I think he's like 15 pounds now, 15, 16. Uh, he just keeps growing, but he's stretching. Um, for a little bit, he was mm. kind of like wasn't stretching. He was gaining weight. Now he's sort of filling out. Um, mm. but, you know, he's heavy. I think just to pick him up, like I. Sometimes I've dropped him, like, once or twice because I think he was heavy and expected.
2: Yeah. Cats are good. So, um, <laughs> when did you realize that you had a talent for writing?
4: Oh. Um, I always say writing. I was just kind of secretly doing that, and it was kind of almost like my way of, I think, like, just journaling or, like, kind of, you doing your, junior, like, day-to-day, like, diary entry, but it was kind of always like a third person, but I think I want to say definitely passion about writing, I want, it was after fifth grade, so I was about like 11 or 11 years old, and we had to do this school project, Um, I went to a school in Diamond Bar, it was called Cold Summit Elementary, and each year the school annually does um, a project for the entire student body, where each student has to write a short story, and make that short story into an actual book, so it's kind of like an arts and crafts um, project, like regarding like the writing side. And uh, that horrified me at first. I was like, I hate books. Why would I write something that's dumb? Um, yeah. And I think my teacher saw me during one class day, just sitting there. She's like, Hey, I need you to like make it look like you're working. She's like, Pretend you look busy. She's like, I don't understand you sitting there. So that kind of because I kind of felt that was like a small as cliche as it is, I guess calling, because I was so against the project, but it ended up being like the best experience. Um, I think I experienced like in childhood, I just was like excited to go home every day to like work on the project. And I was always like drawing as a kid. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I get to like draw. I'm going to draw like some new characters. I'm going to draw this character I've always been drawing. So I think that definitely when that started and that kind of continue throughout um, middle school and then high school especially because high school of course I think it's your sophomore year your guidance counselor will usually ask what do you want to do for the rest of your life and you're like oh I actually get to like finally say put into words or the guidance counselor will kind of help you like I guess kind of steer you towards the path that it seems like you're interested in. <laughs> um so yeah definitely post elementary I mean that was kind of where it started I think just writing and um definitely picked up my literature um we had to read. Ironically, in fifth grade we also had to read like books on our downtime for, of course, school projects assignments. So, fifth grade was kind of like a big turning point. I think um with hobbies and hobbies I never thought of be doing today. Even.
2: Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's no, it's cool. yeah. Kind of, kind of similar to the back. For, yeah.
4: Supposed to, yeah.
2: You know.
0: Get the creative juices going.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I'm 45 and I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So (laughs) I'm I'm a little, I'm a little stuck. (laughs)
4: um, Why don't you? Normal. I think I I think goals change, especially too, or they kind of evolve. Um, Because I always kind of just wanted to write. I was like just gonna write and read and be kind of like isolated. I think that was kind of like because of like having anxiety. It kind of felt like I kind of function around like other people because I'm like oh they can't understand what's going through my head um, so I think that kind of writing was kind of like the safety net like it made me feel like that was able people to kind of like voice for how I was feeling or kind of like you know made me feel like I had friends because I was writing like the book in fifth grade where I main cast was like children my age so it kind of felt like a weird friend I never had kind of thing um,
3: yeah
4: yeah
0: all right. Well, talk to us, uh, you know, the 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 reason that we're here, really, is to talk to you about your screenplay. So tell us about that and what it's about.
4: Um, yeah, and this one is Extraordinary Ordinary. Um, I actually are wrapping up post-production on it, so we <clears throat> filmed it last year. Um, but I know it was a screenplay I didn't mention. It was a screenplay that I kind of was... Uh, kind of like shopping around or just like passing on to family and friends um, for a few years before I kind of got up and decided to do like um, the film work I like, got on set. But it's a story about um, three young adults and how they cope with their mental health when old wounds resurface. And this follows like the journey of uh, a college student who moves from the East Coast to the West Coast for college, she's out on her own for the first time and this is after going to years of counseling, being homeschooled after she experienced a traumatic incident in high school. So it's sort of through like her transition from going leaving the mess, where she kind of her only friends are mom and dad. Um, she kind of butt heads with her mom at home. She gets to find like be out sort of in the real world, like she never had that experience and she meets two other individuals who share a similar history with her but they kinda cope with it in different ways. One's a little bit more extroverted. She can go and talk to anyone and kind of befriend, you know, anyone wherever she goes. Another is kinda a little bit more like the mediator, he'll sort of like he's like the listener, he'll kind of be a little friend who approaches you and asks, Hey, okay, let's talk. So it's kind of through these two friendships that the main character builds um, along the way that kind of makes her see, like, hey, other people are experiencing what I'm feeling, but, oh, that's cool. I want to be just like them because they're a little bit more, you know, they, they act, quote-unquote, normal. And I can't tell, like, they have, like, a issue with the mental health disorder. And that kind of, I mean, script, I mean, I started right now, I to towards the end of high school, and then I actually got to finish the script, um, her screening class in college, um, back in, like, 2012, 2013. Um, as junior year of college. Hmm. Cool.
2: Yeah. That's exciting. So that yeah. that actually kind of answers our our next question, which was oh,
1: nice. how
3: long
2: did <laughs> how long did it take you to write your screenplay? Yeah. So you worked that um, over the course of a few years, and and you know that's it, it sounds like well honestly I, I'd like to see it. It sounds yeah, really too. good.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, no, it's one of those scripts that I'm I'm sure I think you both have heard, I mean, I think it's with any content being written or before it's like filmed, Um, it was like a script that I was originally just wanting to just stick on as a writer. Like I never thought, honestly, I know it's so cliche to say, I never in a million years thought I'm going to get up and like produce it and direct it. I was just like, that was out the question. I mm-hmm. think a lot had to do it because it was like that passion project. Like my baby, I was like always like cradling it, always like coming back to the script. Um, no matter like how many projects I was moving forward with I'd always had in the back of my mind this one the extraordinary ordinary so I think it was college when I was ironically writing um, a later draft of it uh that was when I started experiencing um I kind of felt like that was the first time I was experiencing a panic attack but then mm. I realized my anxiety was just coming um years later I found out it was just coming like back in different forms and I was burning out from school I think I was taking like six to seven classes at the time, and that was in addition to, like, writing uh, multiple screenplays because kind of the screenwriting class would have you do the classwork, regular homework, and then you had to, like, bring in kind of, like, a script, of so pages of screenplays you were working on, and I think, yeah, my junior year, that kind of it put the test to my health. I was not listening to my body. I was, that's how I got kind of, like, my anxiety just got, like, I felt, like, literally out of control where I felt, like, to be honest, was, like, losing my mind, like, after, my first semester junior year um so i was kind of it was, a, it was like ironic timing i think that's why the project became more kind of i did like a lot of more rewrites and a lot of i think it started to click like the aha moment like oh now i understand the story because of i think what i was going through personally at the time um but yeah i mean it's kind of a long journey but um we just found out too last week um we're going to be making our world premiere as the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival in August. So, really mm-hmm. excited about that because I think usually it's rare for film festivals to accept projects that are usually work in progress. Um, the kind of beauty with feature films nowadays or films kind of in general are film festivals are becoming a little bit more understanding that um, projects are either being self funded or sometimes the filmmaker themselves are still kind of making like final tweaks and changes to like the film in post-production, so um really excited, I mean it's, it's tiring, I've been like, I want to go on vacation afterwards <laughs> um, but it's definitely a, one of my I think projects I'm really proud of and I think it's one of those things, like I'm kind of looking at now oh there's a reason why it got rejected by this person or by this fest or why you know, it happened, I guess sooner than later, because I used to kind of get hard on myself about that for a while with, oh it's getting turned down it must mean I'm not good maybe I'm not good so I think a lot of that had to do with um I think the higher anxiety I had while in college it kind of brought on like a lot of like um I guess I want to say like negative thoughts like I just kind of wasn't thinking highly of myself at the time or was kind of feeling like unhappy or like I think the more like I was able to get certain projects made including this one
0: Go ahead,
2: honey. <laughs> you're sitting there looking at me like you got something to say. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. I, I was just listening to what Natalie was saying and, and kind of taking it in. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I think I think it's exciting that you're you're getting to premiere at a uh, film festival. Well, a, diver- a diversity film festival. I think that's that's yeah. really cool. You know, um, it because it helps draw attention. You know, even even more than if it were like you know something like mm-hmm. Tribeca or you know Sundance, where yeah. there's so many films that are, you know, from everybody about all these broad spectrums. You know, at least this way it's yeah. a little more focused. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's
4: um, um, how did that's kind of the beauty of it too. Um, because I think I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, I think it's so interesting too because with. Kind of making the film. I think the more I was getting closer to production last year, we shot last May in 2018. I was getting like a lot of um, weird comments. It was, like, and it's interesting because I didn't realize how much mental health as just a topic. can sometimes to bring up race. Um, Some Hispanic um, mom side, you know, Mexican dad side, Spanish, German, and I think there's like five, ten percent French on their side. So I kind of always grew up where mental health was talked about it's like some family members are like oh don't go to the doctors just you know take this tea you know drink this tea as your home remedy <laughs> to cure what you're feeling um so i think i noticed i experienced that too with the film it was like um it was kind of like oh you're hispanic what well, why would you write this kind of content or you're hispanic don't you gonna aren't you gonna write something about like spanish speaking <laughs> so um <laughs> it's kind of um you know it's kind of jarring to me at first but i think that's what's beautiful about something like the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival is they are recognizing stories for stories not on like, oh, like she's Hispanic and she didn't write anything mm-hmm. Hispanic related They kind of more say no, like you're big I think what the party told me last week in the email she said, we like that you wrote about a very um, kind of like a global and even international topic and we love that we see different faces. Um, she's like, it kind of shows like that's the reality with, um, you know, not just certain ages or uh, ethnicities, you know, have an anxiety disorder or or just going through like a difficult time due to a situation in their life. Um, so it's kind of, I think that's also been something I've learned over time with making the film. It was kind of like how the world was doing mental health and especially who they affiliated with um, from gender to age to I mean, one um, ethnicities.
2: Yeah, I think that it's, you know, awesome that you were able to fight you know it's a different kind of stigma you know where we're instead of it's a stigma against mental health it's a stigma on you know well you're hispanic why aren't you writing something you know along those lines or you know doing this or doing that it's like well no this subject is a broader subject than you know race or gender or you know anything like that you know so good on you that's right on man that's it's great.
4: I, mean, I used to take it personal, though. <laughs> I think, like, anyone, I was just like, that is so mean, um, especially, I think, when I first started in college. But that's funny, but I think, like, now looking back, a lot of me's like, well, you know, I think anyone who makes a comment like that, it's just they don't, I think, because I always affiliate with, like, they just never experience, I think, possibly anxiety or something where anxiety seems um, a little bit more abnormal versus, oh, they're just one really anxious because, they're about to give a speech, or they're about to take a big exam, because, um, like, today, I think with, like, mental health, I've been learning, too, like, you can still things in your life that been completely, quote-unquote, like, at a good place, and then, you, I, you know, still find yourself having an anxiety attack, and uh, I've been, that's where I'm kind of at right now with life, it's, uh, there's been, like, positive things going on, but then it will still sometimes, like, set off my anxiety, and it's kind of more when like I'm getting a panic attack. It's kind of sometimes I'll get irritated. I'll be like, "Oh man, not again!" Like, oh, okay, mm. and I'll just be like, "Sit it out." Or, um, so that's why I think I definitely start incorporating a lot of. Um, I think going through counseling. I've been going weekly again for about three months, and I found it so helpful because it kind of just. I think it's just one of those uh, one of those check-ins, making sure like I'm coping with um, things that come up in life or if something happens that I'm not really like ignoring it and I'm trying to like work through it um so that's where it's kind of it's interesting because I never had that experience before where if things seem like on a positive note you know you still like can be I think the other day I was I was at a movie just and I was having like an anxiety attack and I was like oh this like is horrible the movie hasn't started um I mm-hmm. think that kind of helps is definitely the self-talk or worst case I'd have to get up and leave a setting to kind of Um, calm down, or sometimes, like, I'll reach out to my therapist saying, hey, I need to come in because I've experienced, like, high anxiety. Can I come in tomorrow? So that's been kind of um, helpful to cope with. My mental health is kind of knowing, like, I live close enough to, like, my counselor or half the times I have reached out to her saying, like, hey, I need to come in, like, ASAP. uh, She's definitely like, yeah, come in, like, tomorrow, or, you know, I can't can't get pregnant today or if I can't. Talk on the phone, and if you really to come in, mean—we'll schedule you. Um, so it's kind of always helped to have in the back of my mind. It's like kind of like that safety net, and kind of makes me feel like reassurance that it seems, seems that you like be higher than usual, especially out of the blue.
2: Yeah, yeah, it helps having having somebody like that, you know, a counselor or a doctor or something mm-hmm. that you know like, you know you can is your go-to, you know, you've got yeah. that that person that, you know, it, it's kind of like a safety blanket, but it's, you know, it's yeah. a good safety blanket, you know, yeah. so, so that's uh, it. definitely
4: is. Um, so I think that's kind of yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the journey both as personal um, life and then with kind of like the film life, so um, I think another thing too with Mental health, I used to have this thought like oh, people in the entertainment industry don't have anxiety, I don't know why, I was like thinking that for a while um, until I think the first time I went to a counselor, it was like two, three months after that one semester of having um, where I was writing the script, Extraordinary, Ordinary, the later drafts, and I was starting to experience high anxiety, and I think when I went to my counselor, she was like, oh, no, she's like, Has my clients who come to me are pursuing entertainment, so I was like, oh, okay, like, so I'm not alone, okay, so this is common in my field, and I think around that same time I got offered my first internship, which was at the Conan O'Brien show. And I think that kind of once I got some like opportunity offers like that, it sort of made me, I think kind of confront my worst fear, which was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, this is an opportunity to say no to because I'm having anxiety. I need to like figure this out and kind of work through it. So I actually was doing like four or five months of counseling until I actually started my internship with Conan because that was the first time I moved out part time on my own so it felt like a lot of like big scary like adult things that were going on at the time when I was like 18, 19 um, so yeah definitely Um, I think that kind of work sort of like I don't want to say forced me but I think it definitely motivated and encouraged me to kind of like check in there like well I can't say no to this opportunity it seems like a positive experience I need to like go maybe like Check in with myself, kind of like start taking care of myself better, get enough sleep, um, go on walks. I mean, walks has been one of the best, like uh, I think physical activities that, that has helped me. Can uh, cope with anxiety or even if you're just feeling like overwhelmed. So definitely, I think work it's, it's been more of like a positive experience because it kind of through work and I was kind of coming through college classes, it kind of made me like a wake up call, kind of made me realize like what's unhealthy versus what's healthy, especially with entertainment, I think you can get lost in I think the workaholic mode and, uh, nice. you know, there's still people in entertainment who'll say, oh, you're depressed? Oh, you're fucked You know, just write about it. Put in your work and you're kind of like, well, no, like um, nothing wrong with that but, you know, you also want to deal with it outside it's kind of work. You don't want to just work, work, work. Um, just because I've learned that this, that doesn't do any good. I just think eventually learn to more, I think, burnouts are where it can like start affecting your mental health uh, even more if you're not really checking in with yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It. It. You know. You. You have to find try and strike mm-hmm. that balance. You know. I mean, sometimes it, it is awesome to take that and put it into, you know, what mm-hmm. you're working on. You know, I've done it. I've done it with music before. Beck's done it with her mm-hmm. writing, too. You know. Yeah. But sometimes you have to disconnect. Yeah. And find other outlets uh, besides, because otherwise you, you you know, you will. You, you'll burn out, and, yeah. you know, then you're no good to anybody. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Well, we actually have, um, unfortunately, come to the to the finish line here.
3: Yeah, it was that, quick.
0: Yeah, it went by really fast. Um, we've really enjoyed talking to you, so we hate to cut it off, yeah. but it's an hour show. <laughs> yeah,
4: no worries. So really quick, um, why don't um, give out your
0: your social media where people can find you online in case they want oh. to talk to you.
4: Yes. Um, so I have two different accounts. If um, those of anyone who's listening, um, especially family friends, uh, definitely um, you can follow up with my work um, at Nat Christine Rod. That's so N A T C H R I S T I N E and an R O D. Or if you want to strictly kind of tabs on with the feature film on the Turner Ordinary. You can follow the social pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which is going to be at the Extra or film. And yeah, we're starting to post a little bit more just because I think the screener coming up. So um, you'll see a little bit more about the background of cast and crew. Um, kind of especially about the journey. I mean, it's their first post on Instagram was like 2015. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we'd love to have you... Um, see um, most of you there. I think it'd be good to, like, keep everyone updated through social, which has been kind of, like, our big, I think, like, outlet with keeping updates, um, people we know, people we don't know.
2: Cool. All right. Very cool. Well, uh,
4: let's see here. What do
2: we got? We got that. Okay, so, Natalie, uh, please stay on the line. Um, yeah. We're going to Play out our our final song, which is "Circles" okay. by Brian Justin Crum. We'll and see you guys next week. We'll see you guys next week and uh, have a great week, and a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you in a minute, Natalie.
3: Yeah, i good.
5: Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, to all of our radiant stars. Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. My name is Kyle Thomas. I'm a pop culture astrologer. We have a dazzling show planned for you today with Celebrity Scandals, Hollywood News, and a celebrity guest of our own.
6: Hey guys, Sam Davidson here. I am so excited for this episode. I am a pop culture junkie celebrity aficionado, and I am super excited to introduce you guys to our special celebrity guest of the evening, Benji Schwimmer. How are you doing today?
7: doing awesome. This is my first time doing something like this, so... I'm nervous.
6: Don't be. Open-minded. We we'll play nice.
7: Okay, play nice, please. Maybe. I play
6: nice. Yeah, that especially with that evil voice. I was gonna say that just yeah. people like
7: villainous to the being a Capricorn. <laughs> so you know how I am. So guys,
6: <laughs> a bit about Benji. He was the season two winner of So You Think You Can Dance, and he is a fourteen-time undefeated world swing dance champion. He's a courier and coach, and he's literally choreographed some of the biggest artists around the world. Who would you say is the most famous, iconic person that you've helped choreograph?
7: Oh, gosh. Probably Adele. I mean, just because she's probably sold the most records. But I've worked with, like, Christine Aguilera, um, Adele, Miley Cyrus. I've worked with uh, Paula Abdul.
6: That's Is that a new thing, Paula Abdul? No, or?
7: Paula was one of my first gigs.
6: Really? Actually. Yeah. So yeah, I just saw her at the Billboard Music Awards yeah. um, about a month or so ago. She killed, it. she killed it. I mean, listen, there was it was a nice karaoke situation. That said, her dancing was off the charts. Like it was amazing. Well, let's be honest.
7: I think everybody performing that has to move. It's a karaoke situation. It has been since the beginning of time.
6: Except for the Jonas Brothers.
7: I, okay. Okay. No I, comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, he would know. He don't would ruin know. my fantasy. Yeah. No, there's backing vocals and tracks for everybody, so I think we should just appreciate the visuals for what it is, and if you like the song, then like the performance. That's kind of how I go with it.
6: I totally agree, but yeah, she was fantastic. Um, and you know, you've just done a lot of really cool stuff. What have you been doing of recent?
7: Uh, recently I just wrapped, uh, choreographing the film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a
6: stop it. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I so anyone that's listening that doesn't know what that film is, it is I think going to be one of the most iconic films of our generation. Actually, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Quentin Tarantino is directing it. Mm-hmm. So holy crap, that's huge. So there's dancing in that. Yeah,
7: there's a. In fact, like they just released today the official movie poster. There have been like teaser posters and it's like an old-school drawing. The, the whole movie was shot on film from the 1960s, and so they used artwork based upon like, movie posters, how they could make them back then. And actually, one of the things in the bottom right-hand corner is the shot of the scene that I worked on with Leo and Margot and Al Pacino and Brad Pitt and Dakota Fanning. Like, it, it, literally everybody in this, that's alive and a great actor or actress, like, they're in this film at some extent. So to be on that show is just uh, it was a dream, beyond a dream. Wow, yeah.
6: that is super exciting. I'm impressed, and um, I cannot wait to see it because I'm such a big fan of everybody, and you know, we're really honored to have you, so thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure to be here.
6: We have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, you guys. Breakups, a lot of breakups this week, interesting things. But before we get there, let's talk about our astrological forecast from Kyle.
5: Absolutely. So we have a super intense uh, week ahead of us. So, the first thing I want to draw attention to is a Mars opposition with Saturn. All Cancer and Capricorn are going to feel this most intensely. This is a very hot and fiery, potentially difficult aspect. Everyone will be affected, but it's happening in Cancer and Capricorn. So, you know, with you being Capricorn, just Uh prepare. (laughs) So, one way of looking at this is think fire meeting ice, because Mars is fire, and Passion and sexuality and war, and Saturn is ice and cold and constriction. So that doesn't really work well, te- technically. So, you know, this occurs on the 14th, but we will all likely be feeling it the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So, with Mars being opposite Saturn, this transit brings frustration, sometimes disappointments, and anger. Uh, frustration can be due to people standing in our way. Disappointment can come from our unfulfilled des- desires, and the resulting anger is difficult to express, which then, you know, we must, rec- what, it requires patience and self-discipline. So, you know, we're all going to be noticing that a bit.
6: I'm actually dying inside because I am going home to Cleveland, Ohio on Thursday to visit family. So um, it probably is going to be just like any other trip, dramatic and frustrating.
5: <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, looking at this, you know, every single aspect that we have, you know, whether it's challenging or difficult, however we look at it, it is here to help us grow and mm-hmm. to shake us out of patterns that are not working for us. So for instance, you know, personal attacks at this time would be very painful. So don't do that. You know, don't don't go on a mean streak if you're triggered. Don't do that.
6: That's what my therapist said this you morning. You know, well, I'm not
5: saying this for you. I'm saying this for <laughs> everybody. Yeah, that's you know. what my parole officer told me today. You
6: know, <laughs> come
0: yeah. right. so, <laughs> He's joking, guys. That was, that was a bit of a joke.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, because this can be a very hot destructive energy. And, you know, but the thing about it is that since, you know, if we are triggered, this energy is going to fester deep inside and, and it's actually going to harm our body, minds, and spirit. So we do have to release it in some positive way. You know, if you're feeling bullied you know, take a moment to stand up for yourself, but don't be pushed to intense anger if you can handle that. You know, that's going to be, a, it is going to be difficult. So, you know, other ways that you can kind of channel this energy is positive, positively through exercise. So, like a really long workout, a swim, a jog, things like that. You know, if you can avoid conflict at this point in time, it is going to be helpful. But, you know, it's going to take a lot of self-discipline and patience and, and determination to really make sure that you know, you, you get what you want out of this conflict. You know, so basically, I'm planning a lot of exercise and meditation this weekend. So th- that's that.
6: Wow. I have a feeling that I might be staying with my brother some of these nights when I'm home because my mom just triggers me like, oh, my God. But you love her. I, I love her. I do. And it's her birthday on Friday on the 14th. Isn't uh, that when you said, like, things so get means, intense?
5: So that's the thing is, every time we look at your birthday... The things that are happening that day are imprinted on your entire year. Mm. So, this energy is going to be imprinted in her entire year.
6: Well, then she better behave. I'm going to tell her.
5: Yeah. that's yeah. her heart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but, but, you know, this may actually push her to grow and allow her to evolve and, and learn to, you know, channel her frustration or, you know, anger in hopefully a very positive way. Okay. Know? Yeah. So, there's that. Mm. The next thing I want to draw attention to is early next week we have a, a really wonderful moment. It's a full moon in Sagittarius on the 17th. This is a gorgeous full moon, and it's going to be directly connected to the actions that you were taking around December 7th and the 10 days that were following last year. Are you serious? Yeah, so look back to what was
6: happening. Well, you know that's, I mean, I don't mean to be dark, but, like, that's the day that my dad
5: died. That's exactly directly connected to this right now. Isn't that crazy, and you're going home?
6: So, wait, what does that mean exactly?
5: Yeah. So, every new moon is connected to a full moon, so you can, that's why I write down everything that happens, who I talk to, what I'm doing, you know, important emails that I send, all of that information so that I can chart it because set, six months later at the corresponding full moon, it always manifests. That's the stuff that I've been telling you.
6: Yeah? Wow. That's intense. Isn't that crazy? So you know, the you, good stuff or bad stuff? Well, no. But,
5: I mean, usually we can see it, 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 it's important to look at how successful the actions you were focusing on at that point in time were. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of hot frustration and things of everything that was going on back then because it was just so heated and passionate and, you know, traumatic at that point in time mm-hmm. with family-related issues. And now, six months later, you're going to be with them again. However, this is a blessed full moon. So it's really, really lucky and, and good. So this is a healing opportunity. So, for instance, here we have Jupiter, which is the planet of miracles, fortune, and favor. It's literally in the same place that in the sky as the full moon. So this means that starting roughly around Friday, throughout all of next week, the following week, it is going to be uh, blessing all of us with, with uh, blessings, fortunes, success, opportunity. So even though we're going to have a lot of fiery and exciting energy going on in Sagittarius, Sagittarius is a sign that's all about expansion, new horizons, new ideas. It's great for traveling, business, education, press, media, publishing. All of those things are ruled by Sagittarius. So we will all kind of notice that there's something of that nature that is illuminated for us, but specifically in what we were doing, it's connected to that. And that's why I'm always saying, like, be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious of who you talk to. I mean, I I was looking at my calendar the other day, and... So, I did a reading for my ex on the 11th of December. I'm doing a cord cutting, cutting ceremony to Forever rid myself of him am Friday.
6: Let's all just like hats off to that, like literally. And I, like, I,
5: that's when I was looking at it, I was like, Oh my
6: god,
5: it's like, real. I didn't even plan it that way. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where like I wish him well, but I'm, I'm letting go because I'm ready to move on to other things. But I started that on a new moon, yeah, we did that on a new moon, and that's why now it's ending.
6: Benji, what are your plans for the next week? Do you have anything interesting going on where this could go into effect?
7: It certainly will. I'm flying to Dusseldorf tomorrow morning, first thing, and I'll be there for five days, followed by a day in the Alps and about six days in Italy. So I'm going to be doing kind of this little mini European tour. Um, Ironically, this Dusseldorf event that I do every year, it's, it's a blast, but it's one of the most uh, exhausting events that I can be in because it's in a very awkward space. You know, in Europe, dance conventions are a little different than most conventions here in the States. We usually have a hotel attached to a convention center. These convention centers are like miles away from anything. So we're almost stuck in these big buildings with some of your biggest professional competitors who we're all normally very civil with, but mm-hmm. there's also an open bar connected to it. So usually um. there's a lot of arguments or people collide a little bit during this, this type of week. So
5: this makes, very, this makes a lot of sense as to why something like this could happen. Well, even specifically, look, we're talking about travel. I mean, you're traveling overseas, the distant yeah. horizons, new cultures. I mean, that's what Sagittarius rules. And that's mm. really coming to life for you at this point in time. And I'm mm. not making this up. I mean, I, we didn't even know that before I even said that. Not at all. You know, so.
6: Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be an interesting week. We're going to have to definitely report back um, once this
7: shit show
1: is
6: over.
7: (laughs) I'd be curious to report back, yeah.
6: Anything else we have going on, Kyle? That's what we've got. All right. Well, guys, our next segment is going to be our pop culture celebrity segment. We have three really hot stories, and then, of course, our celeb WTF, so stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome back to Astro Kiki. We are so excited to talk about our top three stories of the week here going on in Hollywood. Some of them are breakups. Actually, a lot of it is about like kind of cutting cords and stopping things from being toxic. I think is what these celebrities have really been trying to do. So the first one is Fergie and Josh Duhamel are finally calling it quits. So. When I saw the story, I was surprised because I knew that they had been separated for some time, but they officially filed this week, and they had been together for a very long time, but in 2017 after 8 years of marriage and they have one child together they announced they would be separating but they really were for a long time this golden couple of hollywood it was one of those if they break up then all love is lost you know they just seemed so good together in a way an odd couple because they're she has Fergie has such an intense like just persona she's an Aries yeah it makes sense and Josh is just sexy and demure and accord, yeah. yeah so dangerous dangerous and they did take this these two years because they wanted to see if perhaps things could change and they could work it out but turns out they just decided they can't they both said they will love each other forever and they're chill he's the one that's really talking out more about it than than she has and he's been seen dating around i think he wants some more children but yeah, it's officially over for those two. It makes me sad, but hopefully they're going to be on another path and find other people. But Kyle, what is going on with them astrologically?
5: Well, the thing that's really starting to hardcore take effect is the eclipses already. So eclipses have kind of they operate like a pendulum. So we have them on July 2nd and July 16th next month, and but the energy's starting to to build in, and so. All all Cancer and Capricorn are going through a crash course in relationships. Fantastic, right that's just great. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's very. <laughs> but the thing about it is that it's, it can work in, in one or the opposite. It can sure. work the other way. You know, sure. there are going to be a lot of a lot of Cancers and Capricorns that are going to break up. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I already know it because I've I've been talking to several already. I have friends that are Capricorn, That shit's done. I have friends that are Cancers. Their shit's done. And it's it's because they have strong placements either their sun or the rising sun. It's Cancer. You have both, so the thing. Fantastic. <laughs> Exciting. Makes me <to> smiling. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is that it's not a, ba- a bad thing because it actually could be, sorry, a, a good thing. Yeah. Because it could be all about you know growing closer, being engaged, moving in, having kids, you know, building a life like trial by fire, it, the exactly galvanizes you, you. Yeah, were. totally. So yeah. so it doesn't have to be a breakup. It it's, it's a shattering breakup that won't happen again if you're not on the right path with that person. Mm. And you know that is a significant ending in order for you to be directed to your higher good and, and, and all of that. And so we're going to talk more about that. I've broken it down into literally every single one of these stories that you picked today has this situation. And then you're a Capricorn with a Cancer rising, so you've got two... Um, very, but, I, but I'm not predicting... I'm actually predicting a lot of love and good fortune for you. So, mm. yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, so, Fergie and Josh. So, Fergie is an Aries sun with a Cancer rising, and that's where we're, we're catching that. She has a Libra moon. Josh is a Scorpio sun. We don't know his rising sun sign, but we do know that he his moon is an Aquarius. Mm. The most important thing to draw attention to here is Fergie's ascendant. With her being a Cancer rising She's having a ton of energy being directed to her house of partnership. In 2017, Saturn, planet of hardship and responsibility, went into Capricorn across the sky from her. There, that means she's being opposed directly. And this continues until the end of 2020. Saturn opposition is one of the most difficult aspects in the sky, and can break relationships that are not strong. Also, the eclipses in Leo and Aquarius that were happening in 2017 and 2018 were also affecting her identity and partnerships, which is why she was getting shaken out of that during that point in time. The eclipses are again going to be continuing over this area, except now that they are in Cancer and Capricorn, this means that, means that she's fully completing a new evolution of moving apart from her partner. When it comes to compatibility, though, you know we've been actually seeing several Aries and Scorpio matches, just like Jason and Christian in the last, uh, we had them on a couple weeks ago, you know, it's a hot and passionate connection, and when they're on the same wavelength, it's, it's a very powerful duo between them. However, when they clash, it isn't good because Aries wants to be direct, but Scorpio will go into the shell and then show their stinger, and, then, and it will just become this passive-aggressive fight, which Aries isn't going to like because Aries wants it directly, and then Scorpio isn't going to do because they just want to burn the shit down. Mm. So, <laughs> there's that. But then going back to their compatibility, their moon signs were really compatible, and they're both in air, and I, and I definitely see that you know, at the end of the day, they were able, able to make each other feel, you know, received and, and emotionally understood, so that's, that was a good thing for them. However, as for what's ahead, Fergie's career is going to skyrocket again next year and through the eclipses that are going on right now, whereas Josh will be doing a lot of communication, writing, and speaking.
6: I need some new Fergalicious songs for sure. Oh my God, I
5: know. You know, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because
7: I don't know anything about astrology, which is why I'm so curious to hear all of this. But, uh, you know, I do, I've worked with Fergie many years ago. She was actually on So You Think You Can Dance when I was choreographing on one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And I remember during the live taping, um, you know, when the camera's off, you do three or four, like, runs with the audience, and then they they play it later on during the day so it looks like a live thing. And you can usually tell when someone says, cut, you immediately see in their face who they are. It's the weirdest thing. And she was that one person that instead of cut, run to your makeup crew, or cut, drop like this facade and kind of have a bitchy face, she was always the opposite. She would turn around and look at her dancers. She was always courteous. She was always really sweet to everybody. She would look at the crowd. She would make small talk with people. She looked at people in the eye. Um, and so I know from that experience... Granite. when I was two and a half, I first met her. I have a picture with Fergie when she was known as Sarah. Uh, she was holding me. She was on the TV show Kids Incorporated. Oh, my God. I, was, I
6: thought I were like two and a half what? Years old, actually. I was two
7: and a half, and, I, and the funniest thing is I totally peed my pants. I peed all over her, <laughs> and she was performing at Knott's Berry Farm in Orange County, California. So, I have a special place in my heart for Fergie. Um, You
6: marked her the second you met her. I totally (laughs) did. I had
7: the biggest (laughs) crush on her growing up, actually. She was like one of my first crushes as a little boy. Um, And, you know, one thing that I can say, just knowing many people in the industry, like, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I'm known, and I work with a lot of really big people, and... You never know, but I think it's really interesting that they've had for the last couple of years some problems. They've been separated for, what, two years now? Well, 2017 was kind of an indicator for both of them. The franchise that he was on, which was the uh, Transformers, right? He was on the Transformers franchise. He wasn't invited back to the film project. Fergie's album totally flopped, which I thought was actually amazing. The MILF money was such a great video. It was awesome. God, I know, I mm -hmm. love that It was so good. Uh, but, But seeing those two... It's it's interesting that they I think they came together during a time where they were like at their peak you know uh, professionally and I think they were able to celebrate that so when that's taken away from them and they're really fighting hard for their careers it's like do you stay content and complacent and it looks like they both want something else so it, yeah. this makes perfect sense astrologically speaking mm-hmm. and sociologically
6: speaking. And I do know um, I had a friend that worked on the four that uh, show that she was one of the judges or no she was a host. was she a host or a judge I can't remember but apparent I think this is when all this stuff started to happen with their split and she was a hot mess like very um, she was drunk a lot and had some situations behind the scene. I, you know like you said like I've never heard anyone speak uh, poorly of her as far as being mean. But, yeah, she was really going through it. So I hope maybe, like, this is her kind of rising from the ashes, Phoenix moment, just coming back. So wish them, he's, I just have to say, like, he really is one of the hottest guys, I think, in the whole world. Mm. He's just so attractive.
7: He doesn't do it for me at all. Oh, man. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but I'm, I'm not attracted to, like, model face. Like, I just think there's got to be something else to it. Although he's a bit of a five-head, and I, I think that's cool.
6: Yeah, agreed. Uh. Well, we wish them <laughs> the best and um, hopefully we'll be finding out what's going on with them soon. Our next story is um, one of our favorite housewives, Lisa Vanderpump, who has created a whole empire of her own. She has been on Beverly Hills, um, the Housewives of Beverly Hills, for years now, and this is it's ninth season, and it's about to finish up soon, and wow. she's been, I know, it's so crazy. She's been, like, one of the OG housewives. She is literally a household name, especially in Hollywood. She has all these restaurants, clubs, she now has a dog rescue, like, you wow. will see Vanderpump, the name, everywhere.
7: She's an ally, she's a queer ally, too, and <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of work with LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues throughout the U.S., so it's... That's pretty cool. That yeah, that's
6: awesome. two of her restaurants are like right in West Hollywood, where like all of you know Gay Pride was there, like that was just a huge thing. And Pump, if a lot of people don't know, is actually after Vanderpump, and but Pump mm-hmm. is notoriously like one of the biggest gay, you know, like bars, restaurants, that kind of thing.
7: So isn't like a gay lingerie
5: brand as well?
6: I think she does. Yeah, like this yeah. yeah. woman has. I don't
5: think they're a, a, a the same. I don't even. think they're the same. Pump. I'm pretty sure Pump is. Jock's trash. Jock's oh, trash. that one? Yes.
6: Yeah, and I don't know if it's that one, but no. I, <laughs> I mean, definitely. I don't
5: know. I may or may not have I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay, okay, no. no. Okay. But yeah, she yeah. does have, like,
6: <laughs> I know she does have something similar as far as a clothing thing. She has her dog thing. And so she's a woman to be jealous of, I suppose. And these women are very catty, and there has been some major drama this season. So a little bit about what has been going on on The Housewives is that... Dorit and um, Kyle, so they are convinced that Lisa started this apparent rumor about Dorit abandoning a rescue dog. It's so stupid. I mean, it's not stupid because that's a very crappy thing to do, but this all is just like, how dumb. Abandoning a rescue dog that she adopted through Vanderpump Dogs, um, and she got very much shamed and the girls were so nasty to her about this entire thing and thinking she leaked a story. She says she didn't. Regardless, like it was really nasty on television to the point where she won't come back for the reunion show. And specifically, she's not coming back to Housewives of Beverly Hills at all, ever. She's done. 100% done. And so it. I'm sure she'll probably have her own show. She's probably happy to leave, but she's been such a staple in that franchise and it might honestly lose viewers, and it's a very big deal. It's been almost a decade, and I think it actually, it has been a decade because, you know, seasons aren't, you know, they are spread out sometimes. So, yeah, I was just curious about what is going on with her, Kyle Richards, Dorit Kemsley, like, are they all, like, meant to butt heads? What's happening?
5: Lisa Vanderpump is a Virgo, which means that she's great at business and loves the art of details. This is extremely important to her and her career. There are a few different things I am seeing for her, though. Uranus is not a planet that we tend to talk about a lot in astrology. You know, at least, you know, we've been talking a lot about about eclipses, and we watch the sun and the moon and, you know, Mars and Venus and Mercury, much more. But Uranus is a planet of transformation. It is shaking up her life in relation to media, publicity, television, and that entire realm. It entered this arena in 2018 for a bit, but has fully moved into it now in 2019. So her old patterns in this area will no longer work. Oh. Isn't that
6: nuts? So it's not going to go well after she leaves the show.
5: No, things are good. She she has to try new things. She doesn't fit in that mold anymore. Exactly. The way that, that that area of her life that was a part of it, it's not working anymore. Also, she is having eclipses in her zone of friendships and social life with beginnings and endings taking place. And we had a one a year ago in July, and then we have, we, they continue until July 2020. Isn't
6: that nuts? Yeah. New friends. So
5: crazy. Mm. Uh, as for the other women, Kyle Richards, it, Richards is a Capricorn, and Dork Hensley is a Cancer. That's oh what i was right. talking about. Mm. These are the signs going through changes in their identity and partnerships. Sometimes, when we have eclipses in our house of partnerships, it also rules open enemies. So Lisa is an open enemy, and it's causing them to be extra intense and aggressive in this way. Again, when these eclipses were hitting Lisa, according to her friendships and social life, that was really affecting her. However, for these other women, it's about enemies instead.
6: Those women are intense. Men nuts! Yeah. Mm-hmm. astrology
5: is so crazy, you guys. <laughs>
7: well,
6: I guess they have. I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with. I will say that much. and uh, Maybe they should be afraid.
7: Yeah, I mean, it seems like if this person is creating almost a mogul profile for herself, you know, that that is a huge sign of success coming from a reality TV show. Yeah. You know, a reality TV show, like, you're, you're already rich, you're already enjoying those things, but it seems like she's using that as a, as a platform mm-hmm. to really branch out and take over, and it seems like she's outgrown that that pattern and that, that, that nine-year run of a show. I mean, most TV shows don't survive three seasons, let alone nine, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this is the beginning of the end for it. Um,
6: and, you know, she's not a young woman. It's this woman, Lisa, has in a way recreated herself, her businesses over and over again. You know, she was born, the internet says, in 1960. And what one thing we know about that is it's either 1960 or she's older. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of cool, though, to see somebody continue to rise and dominate um, in this industry, even though she is beautiful, but an aging woman.
7: I'm all about an ally for the community and for, you know, just power to women in general. So if she has that ability to not just be this entitled housewife, but somebody who really has her own empire, uh, male, female, gay, or straight, I I just think that that's brilliant and Mm -hmm. I think that's something to applaud. I've personally never even seen an episode of that show. I'm like I'm kind of like the I'm I'm a terrible gay I I think that's part of the the, the issue but um, the other thing just it, when you mentioned something about something leaking for example you know when someone says oh maybe she is le- she leaked something to the press or a story nine times out of ten that is a publicist that just made a rash decision and so to blame her directly is nonsense and half the stuff that comes out in the tabloids is misconstrued or it has an angle. And maybe that that's what they needed, or maybe that was planted by somebody to get her and to force her way out so that they can get a little bit more shine. But I doubt that that was something that she did intentionally. If it was somebody from her camp, that's usually just a mistake that they made or an assistant of a publicist. Mm -hmm. But it almost seems like somebody from that show wanted her out to steal a little bit of that line. Yeah.
6: I mean, this woman literally has half a dozen companies at least at this point. So she has probably better things to do than to leak that. But it probably was an employee of hers. And it's just, just PSA, guys. It doesn't matter if you're 12 18 30 60 80 women need to be kinder to each other and it's not cute it's not cool and i she literally has said she goes they have been tormenting me for 10 months and i will not even be going to the reunion the reunion is to reunite and no one wants me there and i don't want to be there so she doesn't need it yeah, she certainly doesn't need it. So, And I'm actually, I am not totally committed to that show. I talk about it a lot for my job. I'm a bachelor person. That's really the only TV, uh, reality TV that I I've watch. I've
7: never seen that either. Well, I'm you know. terrible. I'm a terrible gay.
6: You're a terrible gay. I'm no. a terrible person. No. I've, I've actually
7: never
5: seen, seen it either. Really? Uh, I'm a pretty bad gay you know. Yeah.
6: Okay. Well, he just doesn't watch a lot of TV I try to make him. That's so. true. Anywho... So. Um, our third story is something that we um, kind of have predicted, but I think anybody can predict what was going to happen here. So Bradley Cooper and um, Arena, how was her? I always forget how to say her name, Arena oh, uh, They, She is the mother of his child. They've been together for four years as domestic partners they have officially broken up. So rumors started swirling when A Star is Born stuff started happening because he had so much chemistry with Lady Gaga. And that, even if it was true or not true does not do well for a relationship to have people constantly saying he's in love with her, look, you know, taking photos of them, making memes and then making memes of her kind of like looking at Lady Gaga when she literally probably was just blinking. Mm -hmm. She's a model. She knows how to behave. She knows how to put a face on. Um, so yeah, they've officially broken up. She said, or well, sources have said that once he started shooting a star is born, He was very disconnected from her, and he was directing it, though. He was directing it, and he also might have, I think he did fall in love with Lady Gaga, at least in the sense of an actor-director, for those months. Totally. I I totally get
5: that, as a director,
7: totally. Yeah. The James Cameron with, uh, what's her face, from Titanic, Kate Winslet. You know, yeah. They had an affair, the next miracle affair. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that caused the divorce of James Cameron. I didn't know that.
6: Yeah. Thank you for spilling that tea. Well, you know.
5: the thing is, I feel like it's, there's a muse aspect. You know, being, you know, a writer, director, producer, having a muse is really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's why I created three hundred and sixty five days of love letters and that's that's all real.
6: Which is an awesome web series that Kyle has created. Yeah, we're
5: still in the process of working with networks to, to get it to the next level, so that's an entirely different thing in which we could go into the stars for that. But anyway, let's continue with the story.
6: So yeah, they they've called a quits and now people there's all these memes about Lady Gaga out there, the face that she's made when she finds out I do think, and you know, Benji, you've worked in this industry for mm. so long too, in dance, which is different but also extremely similar. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, emotional. You make a connection with people, but sometimes that connection is over, like when the project is over.
7: Totally. Yeah. In fact, I remember even on my season of So You Think You Can Dance, there was one of the competitors where we fell heavily, like head over heels, for one another. And this person was with another person at the time. And nothing ever manifested physically, but it was definitely, you could feel it in the room. And it, yeah, you put in these pressure cooker situations. That's why shows like The Real World were so crazy. And You would have these, these matching partnerships that would just happen. And most of them never really lasted or ever went anywhere when everything was over and People say their goodbyes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like high school, you know, in a weird sort of way. Summer
3: You're, camp, high school,
7: yeah. Summer, oh, summer camp, yeah. It's a pressure mm-hmm. cooker. You have a limited amount of time with each other that's guaranteed, and I think people want to appreciate that moment. Now, I, I've, been, I've had dance partnerships throughout my life, too, where even as a gay man, I have a dance partner, and there's you have to have a chemistry. You have to have something there, and there was one in particular. She knew I was gay, but, I mean, there were moments, we were doing a routine, and it was like a very romantic sexual routine, and we were practicing late night, and I was exhausted, she was exhausted. There was a moment where she's supposed to just get into my face, and our lips kind of locked, and we just like...
0: Started making out? Started
7: making out, and that was my sister, I'm just kidding, it wasn't my sister, like it was my sister at one point. <laughs> no, but yeah, like we just started like lip-locking with one another, and it was just this, I need to I need to walk out, like I need to get some air, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know what came over me. So, I can only imagine when you have, like, multi-million dollar budget and everybody, you know, is on your personal life that the only escape you might have is in your work and your project, and in this case, it was Lady Gaga. So, you know, perhaps there was something there. Um, As far as I'm concerned, if you have the ability to star in a movie, write, co-produce, sing, record, direct, you're probably running away from something already, so I'm sure something was already written in the stars or on the wall at the time. Yeah, and,
6: And, you know... uh, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I also have heard some things that maybe he's actually... I don't think he's the um, sweetest. Maybe on appearance, I think he might be a little bit of a snake. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite actors. But what I think, though, he was with this woman, this model. I think they just started getting... She got pregnant. He did the right... He tried to do the right thing, stayed mm-hmm. with her, but I don't think they had a ton in common. Um... So, Kyle, let's look into their stars, see what's happening here, and kind of what their futures look like.
5: Absolutely. So, Bradley Cooper is a Sagittarius rising and a Capricorn sun. So, with Jupiter being in his rising sign, this, this shows that he's in one of the luckiest years of his life. He's certainly laying groundwork for the next 12 years. Also, with the eclipses, eclipses taking place in his sun sign and house of partnership, this is causing a lot of shifting, beginnings, endings. For him, mm. Mm. And, and the the first big eclipse in his partnership sector was last July. Then the next thing here is Arena is also a Capricorn, so she's undergoing a similar situation in a learning curve about relationships. As I mentioned before, Cancer and Capricorn are seeing these huge shifts, beginnings and endings, and important partnerships, you know, evolving throughout 20, 2019 and 2020. They're taking place next month, next month, July 2nd and July 16th, and the, the big shifts will actually, yeah, let's go back, went back to July 2018. Eclipses work like a pendulum, as I mentioned before. A new, a normal new moon or full moon has a potent effect in the days that surround it, but an eclipse begins casting its light before and after. We start to enter a window, and we started to enter the window here in the end of May. And now we are in the full closeness of that energy now in this month. This means that the eclipse window will also be cast until early September. However, the effects of an eclipse last for a powerful six months and can sometimes transform, transform our lives forever. You might fall in love, you might get engaged, you might have a baby. You, you know, something really transformative usually happens. You might move across country, buy a house, really, really big things as I mentioned before a lot of my friends that are Cancers and Capricorns have been splitting Mm -hmm. so that's exactly why it's happening to them now
6: and again just a reminder I'm shocked with myself just because I choose these stories like I don't really know about the stuff that Kyle knows and somehow I mean granted too these people are going through these things and that's why they're in the news and probably why I pick them but it's weird because I don't really know why or what is going Mm -hmm. on I just Pick and choose these ones, so that's crazy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm
5: not seeing a ton of people that are Libras going through breakups right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we're not talking about celebrity. We're not talking about a celebrity that's, you know, one Libra and then one Scorpio and then one Taurus and then one Capricorn. Like there's a pattern here because astrology is a thing. Mm. Yep. Wow. So. It is a thing. Yeah.
6: All right, our celeb WTF of the week. And I just I don't want WTF to have a negative connotation to it because it's it's just a question like what's going on you guys because I really like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith um, I think they're both extremely talented and and one of the reasons I bring them up is because they have popped up in the news recently she has her show on Facebook Watch called Red Table Talk and you know she is just a no filter kind of woman like Will Smith can't even really watch the show because he's so embarrassed about how um, candid she is about mm-hmm. her life and their relationships. So for some time now, we've known that they have a... Oh, it seems like they have an open relationship and that they are either polyamorous or just open. We're not exactly sure what, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's their business. But I'm just curious because she's recently talked about being betrayed by him not really in a way of cheating because I don't think that's betrayal uh-huh. to her anymore mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, she's like mentally, emotionally, and her, her their kids, uh, they have Willow and Jaden, and they are each very unique individuals. They are. Themselves. They are. Yeah, and Willow recently on Red Table Talk has voiced that she's interested in polyamory and, you know, they're both kind of, I think maybe more Jaden than Willow, but um, I don't want to say they're not technically like non-binary, but they're very gender fluid, like Mm -hmm. both of them. Mm -hmm. And the way they've raised their children is extremely interesting, and it's no hate against that, but I just don't exactly understand their connection. You know, they've said that divorce was never an option, even during the bad times. That was just not something that they've ever been interested in. And so are they good partners? Are they extremely driven? And, but before we get to that, Kyle, I want to ask you, Benji, like, do you, can you say anything that you, that you know about these people?
7: I, I think it's been maybe not necessarily public knowledge, but industry knowledge that the two of them have lived a pretty open relationship. And what do you want to, If you want to call it open relationship, because that, that has a lot of different meanings and connotations to sure. each individual person. But what I do know, I would say it's monogamish, maybe emotionally, romantically, that they are exclusive with one another. But maybe sexually, there's traveling, there's dates, this and that. Maybe there's some other sexual needs that are not met based upon their own genders. So, yeah. Kyle shaking, Kyle's his, shaking head. his head. So for me, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, sexual identity fluidity. There's a lot of like Kinsey scale gray line matrixes that I, I have seen and picked up on in the industry when they've been around at different places. Um, I remember that famous moment where Will Will Smith was being kissed by a man and he slapped him in public. Have you guys ever seen that video? No. So he's walking the red carpet and a guy comes up and just lays one on him and and Will Smith kind of laughs and then punched him in the face. (gasps) And it was one of those things where, yeah, if if you haven't seen it, look on, it's really interesting. Now, the thing about Will and the thing about just that whole relationship in general is this came at a time, like, they really rose to fame and power when Will was Mr. Box Office, Mr. July, right? And I, I think it was really important for the African-American communities in particular to have a great example, to have somebody that was successful, to, to be the biggest name, the biggest movie star in the world, to be a black man that was raised from nothing, to make something of himself, I think was the most important thing in pop culture for over a decade.
3: Mm-hmm
7: personally. And I'm a white privileged guy, right? But I think that that was so important for people to see that you can be a minority and that you can really step up and become everything that your heart desires. And I think he was a prime example of that. And I think they chose their camp and they think they chose the right people around them to enable that, to keep that public record very clean. And now we're just in a different age. We're in a different era where, you know, I think there's this new generation, everybody is binary, everybody is just fluid in some way, people are less judgy, there's a lot less labels being put on people. And I think it's fantastic. Like the other day, I was working, I have a musical called The Trump Family Special with the satire political musical. And so, uh, if you're in LA, you should check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's at the French Theater Fest right now. But uh, and he saw the very worst performance ever, our electric stuff, which just totally crashed. I still think it was lovely. It was a shit show, but thank you, Kyle. You're very kind. <laughs> and uh, long story short, um, I remember one of, one of our cast members was there, and he has been in and out as a cast member several times, brings his boyfriend with him. They did together for many, many years right, um, he's in theater for crying out loud, and the other day someone said, yeah, you know, all the gay guys come over here, and it was me and him and a couple other people in the cast, and he's like, he's like, please don't call me gay, now this man has a, he's cis male, uh, he's dating a cis male man, they've been together for years, they're exclusive, it's a closed relationship, it's completely monogamous, but he doesn't like the label gay, he's like, I am who I am, I love who I love, I happen to be with the man now, stop labeling me. That's unfair. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, listen, tip for taximeter, tomato, success, whatever, like, that's fine. But um, I just feel like in this day and age, we are living in an era where all of that stuff is not so important. And if people are open or people are not, like, anthropomorphically, most people are open to an extent, whatever that might be, whether that's with emotional or sexual needs. And in this day and age where everybody's traveling around the world, I think. I get it. Like I think what they did is they kept their name alive. They kept their success as a couple alive. And if we're starting to see a little bit of humanity, I think that's great. And the fact that she can voice it is fantastic. Um, I think if her children have this open idea, I don't know if they got that from mom and dad, or if they're just getting that from the fact that we're in a very different world. Like we were kids, this next generation, they're being raised in something so different than I think the three of us were ever raised in. And I'm probably the oldest one in this room. And just to hear we're all him, we're roughly the same age. Right? Mm-hmm. Roughly the same age.
6: I'm a lot younger than everybody if you He's guys didn't know. It. Thank He's you certainly certainly so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, tell us about their charts because I'm sure it's extremely fascinating.
5: Well, I mean I, it's so interesting because a lot of the stuff that you're talking about like you is is stuff that I can pinpoint in there in their charts. Mm. And so that's one thing that we do draw attention to is that, you know, astrology doesn't have to be this like mystical science, you know it's it's about patterns and, and lifestyle and, and personality and things that we can see naturally because that's an expression of it. You know, it's not this big secret magical thing. You know, we're talking about these 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 relationships and, and how these people connect because literally that's that's kind of how they are. So so I'll break it down. So Jada's a Virgo sun and a Virgo moon. We don't know her rising sign, so that kind of shift some things, Will is a Libra sun with a Gemini rising and a Scorpio moon. So right off hand, we see that their modes of thought and doing things are going to be a bit different. Virgo are very focused on the details and can at times micromanage. And Libra will enjoy this at times so that they can be, you know, focused on the bigger ideas and fun and not have to handle all the the nitty gritty. So that works in their favor there. Libras also also like to feel like the star more than Virgo typically. But Virgo eventually always wants their voice to be heard, which is exactly what's happening now. Absolutely. Wow. So, literally there. So, the one thing that's really interesting, though, is that Virgos are secretly, secretly the freakiest people in the bedroom of all signs mm. because they have an obsessive personality and break down all of the methodical little details, and this makes them very intense about you know fetishes and different kinds of things, and this makes sense why she had a porn addiction.
6: Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. I put that on my notes, but apparently, yeah, she had a
5: porn addiction. Exactly. So wow. that shows why, and the fact now that she's talking about it, she's ruled by Mercury. Mercury communicates. That's, mm-hmm. that's Virgo's ruler. So that's really crucial for them. Mm-hmm. Will is a Libra, and he will need his one important partner there to make him feel balanced, but Libras also like to have this freedom to explore, whether that be emotionally, or you know, sexually, or intellectually, whatever it be. They really need this, this ability to kind of expand an air sign, you know? Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're constantly being controlled, you're going to feel like your your inner light is not being fed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need someone that's going to be like, yes, Sam, yeah, Libra, go go do your thing, be fabulous. You I'm know? a
6: Libra, by the way. Yeah. yeah,
5: you know what I mean? And so that's why, you know, with them each, you know, discussing their needs, they came to that agreement. It makes sense because we can see that executed. You know, honestly... With their desire to explore and inner freak being exercised, the relationship seems like it totally fulfilled and works for both of them. And also, you know, bringing back Willow, with her being so young and interested in experimentation and polyamory, I do think that her parents taught her to explore and to pursue different lifestyles and understandings because, you know, they can, they can fulfill people in different ways, especially if you try them.
6: Absolutely. Well. I love, I mean, I, I find them fascinating. I like Jada a little bit better than Will. I don't know. He just ruined the genie for me. Anyways, another another podcast, another conversation. Go yeah. see Aladdin. It's fantastic. Um, okay. Well, we, of course, now have our special guest, Benji. Let's jump into his sign. What's going on with him?
5: Oh, dear. Great. Go. Yeah. So you're Cancer Rising with the Capricorn Sun. So these eclipses are extremely potent and powerful for you. You are having a lot of shifts on your life direction. You know, it's. Especially in relation to partnerships, there's very very big big moments there. So this shows that you're going through all of that. Uh, You may be shifting your identity in some way. Your soul destiny contract, whatever that be, with that is coming to light certainly over the next year. Started to really happen like last year. Here's that. So yeah, uh, notice big significant partners. You're kind of going to be having these like destined meetings with people mm. and you know it could be in collaboration, business, love, any of those areas that are very very transformative for you. So so keep that in mind. There's a massively powerful eclipse on July 16th that hits very close to your sun. So this is going to be an extremely intense month for you. July is going to be huge. So That'll be happening but we're already in that range. So you know starting at the end of May, until August, you're going to be making some very big choices and changes. They're going to really, really culminate at this time. You're also likely to start a major, massive partnership, if you haven't already.
6: Uh, so could this, could that be something that he's already doing, someone he's already <coughs> with, or is it new?
5: eclipses is usually new. Uh, yeah, usually. Mm-hmm. But... It could be a very significant go to the next level thing. Okay. Okay.
6: Does any of that resonate with
5: you? A lot of that does. I mean, for me,
7: I'm going through a a very interesting month in general. I have to make a decision on where I'm moving next and where I'm living. If it's going to be with somebody or on my own and just kind of wait and see. And so I've been actually debating on literally I'm not sure what state and or what city I'm going to be living in. And I need to make a decision by the end of July.
1: Oh, so well, kind there of funny it is. Yeah, you know,
7: mm-hmm. and it's funny. I get back into California to go through a couple of different places, to tour a couple of places, a couple of rentals that I've seen, um, and that cutoff is the 15th of July, ironically. So, like, that decision kind of needs to be made literally mm-hmm. right then and there. Um, with regards to a couple of new partnerships, whether that's romantically or business-wise, you know, businessly, I've actually I connected with two different people recently where I'm working on two new projects, one for Netflix, um, and I have to like make a very big decision if I'm going to literally nosedive, like deep dive into this project, or and if I don't, then it just won't work. And so it's going to require a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time, but it could be um, professionally very interesting. And something that you said earlier, like last year, things have already started to shift heavily for me in my own personal identity. And as it was stated, the first thing that you mentioned outside of "So You Think You Can Dance," a TV show that'll go unnamed, I. I, I was a very active competitive dancer. I hold the world record for most wins out of any professional sport ever. And um, I announced my retirement at the end of last year around November 30th. Um, it was interesting because I took my first, uh, va- like not vacation per se, but I took my first day off, ironically, December the 7th, which you said was a very interesting Roman like, the earlier on. And um, for me, I'm, I have a new identity. In, in, or I'm in figuring that out professionally where I go like I've turned down film I've turned down some really big projects because what was most important is creating a competitive legacy first for me I've turned down like TV shows and really big gigs because for me my excellence is the one thing that I know that I'll always have like I'm never going to be the best looking or this fat and the other, the most talented, but I will work the hardest. And I will definitely put my all on the floor. And I don't want father time to beat me. So I, I retired right at the peak of my powers at a fresh age of 35 and or 34. And here I am trying to figure out that next chapter of my professional career. So I, I, I recently there's also a big decision. I need to sign a multimedia uh, contract that's been offered to me. Which is like a digital advanced education system that I've been offered like a very big role in, and so that is something that I'm literally having to figure out by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all of that literally mm-hmm. connects and in in very seismic ways. Like I can't, I'm not even trying to pull like mm-hmm. and trying to find a way to kind of make that puzzle piece fit. Like that totally, completely, not only
6: makes sense. It. Well, it's a little there's, creepy. There's, yeah, yeah no, super creepy.
5: There's even more for you though. So next year is going to be one of the biggest years of your life because Jupiter is going to be in your sun sign. So this is actually, so all the things right now you're doing, you're building to that. So starting in December throughout all of next year, that is basically the beginning of the next 12 years of your life, the next chapter. So during that point in time, it's also going to be super powerful for partnerships because of the way that your specific chart is. You know, at this point in time, you're likely to get engaged, get married, move in, literally massive, massive things mm-hmm. in relations to partners that have not happened before. And then also, you will be stepping into, into a whole new expanse before the world. So, I'm so excited for you. I mean, legitimately, it's going to be so badass. When you say expanse, are you saying I'm going to gain a lot of weight? I'm yeah. not really worried about that. Okay, alright. No. I'm right. no, no, uh, I mean, like, watch Count My Carbs or something like that at this don't point. Don't you okay. dare. No, okay. you're, you're fine. Fair, you're fine. fair. Okay. So then some other career moments that I wanna point out for you are the there's a new moon in this area on September twenty eighth. So the mm-hmm. ten days that follow that for you mm-hmm. are going to establish your career in twenty twenty. Interesting. So really, really focus on live, taking actions. You know, one thing that people always think about, like, oh I'm gonna have these intentions of you know, the things that I wanna do. No, 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 no. Go out and do it. Even mm-hmm. just making a phone call, sending a text, sending an email, whatever that be, knocking on someone's door, connecting, mm-hmm. whatever it be. Because that's going to come and bring fruit to you in some way. Okay. So that's really crucial. Venus is a planet of magnetism and beauty, and it will be in this sector from September 14th until October 8th. So you're going to have more opportunity at this time to be more creative in your career. Mm-hmm. You're going to really feel the muse really tickling you and, and playing with you, and if you are looking to uh, impress important VIPs or big people, they are going to just adore you at this time, even more than usual. Because I know how charming you are. Oh trust gosh, me? What? Trust, trust uh, me, I, I've witnessed all of it. Oh dear. So uh, the next thing is Mars is going to be in this area from October fourth until November nineteenth. So when Mars, Mars is aggression, passion, fire, mm-hmm. uh, force. When it's in this area of your career, it only t- it hits this area for two years, and it's going to oh. give you—you're going to be able to make more progress in that amount of time than you will make in two years. So you have to do everything you can in that time, just knock things out so fast. Okay. So that's why I'm literally saying, so S- September 14th until November 19th, those are really crucial for establishing your entire career empire. Interesting. In yeah. That, that, that relates, like,
7: on another level. Wow. Super relates. Yes.
6: Well, let's just say, Maybe. you know, go with Netflix. Uh, that's my go advice. Go with Netflix. Okay, fair. I mean, you I know. I mean, do it
7: all. Do it yeah, all. Forget yeah. absolutely movie movie movie. All, of it. Yeah. all of it. All, all of well, it. Right? No, all the projects. All the projects. Yeah. all the projects. All the dreams. Yes. yes.
6: Well, I am super thrilled to see what you do, too, actually. And next, we have an amazing segment, our final one, which is Fun. our Bang, Mary, Kill Gemini
5: season. Yeah, so this is the last one, I believe, of Gemini season. I think we're going to be jumping into Cancer season next. Mm. So today, for Bang, Mary, Kill, Gemini, Wentworth Miller, Zachary Quinto, or Anderson Cooper. Whoa, this is good. Yeah, and I was like, I was so proud game of myself, I was All like, game hell too. yes, yeah. game I man. would, bang. Okay, I, yeah. I, okay so he's going to go first. Okay, fine. Wait, well, wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah. I just
6: had to say, I read it, and I was like, well, none of them would do any of that with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. thank you I for mean, that. So, that's the majority
5: of the time we are talking about straight dudes.
6: I mean, kind of, like maybe straight. <laughs> well,
7: they've all played straight dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah.
6: Exactly. All right,
5: you go
7: first. Okay, I think this is pretty easy. I'm definitely going to bang Wentworth because I think he's super sexy. Prison mm-hmm. Break was definitely a big old fantasy of mine. I kill Zachary because I'm not super attracted to him, but I think he's a very talented man. And I think that Anderson Cooper would be a very, even just hearing stories about him, would be a very great partner to have, so I'd marry him. Okay. Yeah.
5: Easy, easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm literally so on the same page about that. I mean, Anderson Cooper's an empire. I want to marry that. I'm all about an empire. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be. He's gonna give me a ring. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna hang with. I'm gonna bang, White with Miller. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do that. <laughs> all, all really. You know, at least at long, hopefully for a couple hours. And then Zachary, sorry, but bye.
6: Okay. No. Well, I'm a little bit different probably because I'm a straight woman. Um, I am going to marry Wentworth because who wouldn't want to wake up to that punim every single day? Punum. That punim. I love it. In Yiddish, it means face, I yeah. think. It's the Jew in me coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, he's literally so hot. I, when I found out he was gay, I, I was like, oh, God, I'll never have a chance. But, you know... You guys, I think he's probably happily married or something at this point. For sure. They all are now, uh,
7: really guaranteed. Actually, all three of them are. I and mean, I know that Zachary's dating like a, a model. Well, like he a was... a very Euro model, I think. Yeah.
6: He used to be with um, Jonathan Groff, didn't he? Um, you know, the Broadway. He's like on Broadway. Not looking,
7: looking. Not anymore. Not. He's, he's, there's like an Insta model that I know yeah. he's dating
6: right now. So, I'm going to bang Zachary because he's terrifying but probably amazing in bed. I mean, terrifying because I watch American Horror Story. Gotcha. and okay. um uh, Heroes, yeah. he's always like really scary but hot and really fantastic eyebrows. And Anderson Cooper, you know what? Like he just doesn't do it for me mm-hmm. and I have my own empire and I don't need competition.
7: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of actually probably bettering your career by killing him. Yeah, right? it's like
6: I will seduce yeah. him and then kill him because there can't be two of us. Well, have... the
7: hell out of that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Really. I just so... love the strategies on this shit every week. <laughs>
6: let us know what you guys think. Who would you bang, marry, kill? Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Astro Kiki. We have had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for joining us, Benji.
7: Oh my god, thank you so much. This was both very insightful, entertaining, it's making my brain spin. I'm sure this drive back up to the the airport right now is going to make me go a little crazy but I'm excited excited for the future and excited to report back to see yes. what happens and good luck on your trip by the way oh
6: thank you yeah. well where can everyone follow you and your journey on Instagram Twitter
7: yeah the best way to get a hold of me is through um, you can go to my Facebook Facebook.com slash Benji Schwimmer you can also do at Benji Schwimmer on Twitter or Instagram um, I'm more grand friendly mm-hmm. I don't have a Snapchat so there might be a fake Benji Schwimmer or don't,
6: don't do that guys. don't do that yeah. it's not his penis mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> it's, it's it's not my schlong, no, no. It might be my penis actually, and then just maybe they found it somehow and maybe using it as like a, a live photo or something. Like that. Well,
6: that's very rude. Well, it's totally
7: rude, but it's totally possible.
6: Yeah, <laughs> a little flattering, just a little. Don't right? say little, okay? <laughs> you use
7: that, that connotation. Just has some really bad connotations. So yeah, no. it is huge. Sorry, it's
5: I have no huge. idea. It's huge. Yes, it's huge. I'm going to let you guys take this one. Right yeah. On. Well, um, <laughs> you
6: guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week.
5: And I'm Kyle Thomas, and you can follow me on Instagram at Thomas.
6: Thank you, guys. And make sure to follow Astro Kiki on um, Astro Kiki Radio on Instagram. It's a lot of good stuff on there. So, yeah. Bye, guys.
5: Ciao. Bye.
6: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology.